Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. We are full-egged. We're full, we're, we're full-embryoed. Yep. There's. Uh, w- You've missed a lot. There, I mean, of all the weeks we could have chosen to record early, last week was a, was a particularly eventful one. Yeah, it was a doozy of a week. Uh, so we recorded last Monday, so you're hearing this. Um, you're hearing this two weeks later. You're hearing it two weeks later. Yeah. yeah. We're almost recording two weeks later. Yeah. It's Thursday now. Yeah. It's crazy. So if you recall last week's episode. <clears throat> I don't. I was like, well, I'm going to go in to see Dr. Beck on Wednesday. And she's, you know, she's probably going to have me start the estrogen patches. Mm-hmm. And I was like gearing up for my frozen embryo transfer um, next week. Or I guess you guys are listening on Monday. So it was, it was going to be like on the 5th or the 6th of October. That was kind of the initial uh, projection. Yes. 
Then when I went in on Wednesday, she was like, mm, I'm not going to put you on estrogen yet. Um, I'm going to do a natural FET with you. Mm. And I was like, okay. Um, which basically means almost no drugs. They let your lining kind of develop on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they obviously like monitor you. Um, and uh, they gave me, she gave me a trigger shot on Friday night. Yeah. Um, to make sure that I ovulated. Which I was not around for. Nope, not around. Um, and then, so I went, I saw her on Wednesday. I saw her on Friday. Not around, not around. And then they called me Friday afternoon and they were like, Dr. Beck wants to see you again on Monday. Initially, so on on, fr- on Wednesday, she was like, okay, on Wednesday, she was like, okay, I'm going to see you Friday and then I'll see you next Thursday for the embryo transfer. She's like, we're moving it up a week. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, and then Friday they were like, we want you to come back in Monday. Cause I guess my estrogen was like supposed to drop, but it dropped more than they thought it was going to. And then she wasn't sure if I had ovulated. Mm-hmm. So she had to like poke around and then do some blood work. And then she was like, okay, we're good to go. Um, so the embryo transfer was today. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise <laughs> we're all surprised i mean if you if you follow us on instagram you're probably not super surprised right right um because we were just we were like gramming her gramming from the clinic pretty hardcore today it was intense um it matt so. was really thrilled to put on his hazmat suit yeah i wore boots i wore boots i think i wore boots last time i just remember it being very difficult to put the thing on last time and then it was also difficult this time (laughs) so you know and you know i have such a long torso that my balls are real scrunched up in there oh yeah it's not super helpful to uh to someone who's suffering from infertility with their partner to shove their balls into a tiny no it's not uh, hazmat suit yeah um and you had the little hairnet on. Had the hairnet, had the booties, had the had the full jumpsuit. Really was uh, a good look. <laughs> I put a picture of Matt on my Instagram story where he looks like he wants to kill me. No, that was just being uh, overwhelmed. That was me overwhelmed by life. Mm. Um. So we, yeah, we had the transfer today. I took a Valium. Dory took a Valium. Um, I didn't take one last time. And I also didn't take one for my hysterosal... No, not hysterosal finger. My hysteroscopy, the mm-hmm, first one. Mm-hmm. And very much regretted it. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one this time. And you did. And we, you know, we got there in the afternoon. And it, it's been a crazy day. It's been a crazy day. It's been a. I had a. I had a meeting very early in the morning, up in the in the Burbank area. So it was like I was like I gotta. Oh, and you had therapy. Had therapy at eight o'clock in the morning, and I had a meeting nine thirty in the morning. Then I came barreling over the hill to get here in time to take Dory to the clinic, and I was very hangry. He was extremely hangry. I was very, very hangry. In fact, I would describe my hanger as the most hanger I've had in a while. 
You were very hangry. But I mostly at the traffic. And but I was like, God, he's real cranky. And like, I'm the one who should be like stressed out right now, but he's taking all the stress. That's what a good partner does, honey. No, it was annoying. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, but then you were like, I'm really hungry. And I was like, oh, why didn't you say that? Well, you said, why didn't you eat? And I just got very, I got annoyed by that question. I was uh-huh. like, you know what my day has been like. Why, why didn't I eat? I don't know. Um, so... Dropped Dory off. Then I went to 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. Got a little, a little bit of, I got a power crunch bar, which according to Hillary Clinton, that was her, that was her go-to on the campaign trail. Oh, well, Didn't help that. her. Mm. Um, and went back, went back, valeted, ugh, and <laughs> I went to see dory she was still in the waiting room then billing wanted to see us oh boy so we went into billing then they're elaborating on how we owe them two thousand dollars nope five thousand dollars nope eight thousand dollars nope seventeen thousand dollars i was like what is happening wait they said we owe them seventeen thousand the number just kept climbing um and then they called Dory in, and I was like, you go, I'll deal with this. And I dealt with it by giving them my debit card and saying, before you charge anything, give us a call. By give us a call, he means give Dory a call. I said, you're better, you're better off getting Dory. I don't know when, if I can answer the phone. Oh, they'll probably call you tomorrow while you're with me. I don't know. When will I be with you tomorrow? Isn't tomorrow Friday? Yeah. You're not swinging by Sony? Oh, I probably am. Yeah. Oh, okay. I am. Well, let me know if you're not. Okay. I will. Because I still have to get you guys drive-ons. Okay. Um, I still haven't done that. Okay. Yeah. So Remind me tomorrow. All right. I'll all do right, that. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So it was a pretty eventful day. Yeah, and it but was the, very... The transfer itself, I think, went well. Seemed to. It was interesting. It's very, you know, it's very overwhelming when they're, like, showing you the embryo and you're, like, verifying the ID of the embryo. And then, you know, they're doing the ultrasound so that Dr. Beck can see what's going on in there. And then you're watching the embryo be put in. And then you're, like, watch this little tiny catheter go in and we'll out of a white dot um yeah and then you're just kind of like huh all right it's in the hands of the gods yep dr beck uh uses a soft catheter yes um <laughs> which was good because you know it's like uncomfortable like they're you know they're sitting yeah. there you're, you're you have all sorts of speculi up you but um the catheter, the insertion of the catheter itself, as opposed to a hard catheter, which you can really feel and is uncomfortable. The soft catheter, you can't feel. She was like, oh, yeah, you know, well, it's harder to guide the soft catheter. And I was like, oh, wow, how do you do that? And she was like, I'm really good. Yeah, she did say that. <laughs> and then we asked her which embryo she put in. And yeah, we had not had this discussion. I had not had this discussion. No, I didn't have a discussion with her either. Oh, so 
we but were, I saw on some paperwork that like the March embryo was the one. You know, I, I knew that was going to happen regardless. So it was yeah. like we were, even if he wanted it to be a surprise, it was not going to be a surprise because they'd somehow find a way to fuck it up. Yeah. But, but we also never told them we wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah. We never and I had thought you would communicate, communicate that with them. No, because you didn't want me to. Well, listen, you were off on your own for many appointments recently. So. Yeah. Anyway, I did, in the end, I did end up leaving it in the hands of Dr. Beck, which was funny because then she was like, oh, yeah, I want full credit for all of this. Yeah. So she put the March one in, which was hers. Which was hers. <laughs> she was like, oh, no, we put the March one in. This is all me. <laughs> so. Uh, I wonder if they get competitive. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, we did that. We drove home. We. Dory got some Chinese food, some soups, some soups, some mushu, and we killed a bunch of flies, killed a bunch of flies, some flies in the house. I don't know what's going on in here. And then I took a nap on the couch. Yep. While Dory seemed to be typing quite a bit. I was preparing the podcast. Oh, well, there you go. And now we're here. Here we are. In, in, in day zero of the two week wait. <sighs> day zero. I don't feel different. <laughs> I asked in the car and Dory said no. So it, this probably didn't work either. What? You're supposed to feel a little different. Like, oh, I feel better about Dr. Beck or I feel better oh, I about f- the transfer. Oh, I, yes, I feel better about Dr. Beck. I feel better about the transfer. So then you feel different. I'm just saying I don't feel physically. I don't feel physically like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. No one does. I don't. Think. I know. I'm just kidding around. Um, yeah, if you want to see the embryo, I posted it on my Instagram with a smiley face drawn on it. Oh, you drew that on? It didn't have a smiley? Didn't have it. Oh. I thought it needed a little pizzazz. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now that embryo is, uh, going to try to turn into a human at some point and, uh, or not, whatever. Here we are. Here we fucking are. A lot of, uh, TV to binge, a lot of, uh. What do people do when they have time off? I don't know. Well, it's not like I have time off. No. I know, but you got weekends and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. You could do stuff then. What is a weekend? I don't know. <laughs> That's from Downton Abbey. Ah. <laughs> Maggie Smith says, what is a weekend? Yes. Because she leads a life of leisure, so a weekend is not any different from the I rest of the week. I am just like her. Except the opposite. Yes. Um, all right. Well, that's where we're at. That is where Send we're at. Send your good vibes this way. Yeah, please. Um, that was kind of a cold open. Uh, yeah, we didn't do our normal We didn't do the, spiel. the biz. Uh, really, the main biz I'd like to get out today is there are available now egghead t-shirts. Uh, so you can go to our website or you can go to cottonbureau.com uh-huh. forward slash products forward slash egghead. <laughs> uh, is there a link to it on our website? Uh, by the time people hear this, there will be. Okay. You can also just go to our website or excellentadventure.com. And uh, if you follow us on Twitter, which a thousand of you do, uh, you can see a link there. Yeah. You go buy your egghead t-shirt. You can get it in gray. You can get it in black. You can get it in a heather. Yeah, you can get it in, it's a navy heather 
um, a dark gray, I think it's a gray, dark gray heather. Some people call it a black heather t-shirt. Um, there's a forest green, there's an indigo, and then there's a heather gray sweatshirt. Um, and yeah. then there's also kids t-shirts and onesies um, of the same design. There you go. Um, so we're using this uh, company called Cotton Bureau, which is very cool company out of Pittsburgh. And basically the reason we're using them is because they're really nice and they take care of like pretty much everything. So we don't have to like keep inventory um, and mail stuff out ourselves, which means we don't really make that much on the t-shirts themselves, but that's not really the point. Yeah. I'm not sure what the point is, but they're there. The point is for people to show your support, support to say that they're eggheads. Support your uh, local IV efforts. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be more merch kind of gradually rolling out over the coming weeks. Um, but these are kind of the, you know, the flagship products. Sure. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So check them out. I will. Thank you, honey. Which one would you? Which one are you going to get? I don't know. Probably gray. I like a gray. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Um, oh, the other thing that's important to note is that the way Cotton Bureau works is you have two weeks to order the t-shirts and then they print all of the ones that were ordered. Mm. Um, so you have until 8 PM Eastern on Thursday, October 12th to actually order the t-shirts. There's a chance they will come back after that, but there's not a guarantee that they will come back after that. It's limited edition. It's limited edition. Also, you have to make order 12 of them or we're not going to, they can't make them. Yeah. That's and true too. Guys, we don't have 12 yet. We don't have 12 orders. Well, they just went up this morning. I know. So. I think we have 10. Get your so orders far. in everybody. Yeah. Get your orders in so that these can be produced. Please. Please. Um. Okay, any actual other business we need to get to, or is that pretty much our business? No, the, the other business is just kind of standard, like, please leave iTunes reviews, please join the Facebook group, yep. please follow us on Twitter at ExcellentPod, yep. you can email us, and you can call us at 413-461-BABY. There you go. Yeah. That's it. I don't That's know it. why I'm yawning so much. Yeah, I don't either. It's a little out of control. Do you want some coffee? I don't know. Do I? Do you want some tea? Nah. We'll try to get through this. I am very hot, though. I'm sweating quite a bit. Well, you're wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah. You should take that off. But, like, I'm in my own home. I should be comfortable in a hoodie. Do you want to turn on the air? No, it's all right. I'll turn it on. Even though one time one person emailed and said you should have the air on. Well, I wasn't hot. Well, you're the one who should be comfortable. You have a you have an embryo. You're 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 holding on to. We're yelling now over the thing because no no one's holding a microphone. Oh, now she takes off her sweater. This is interesting. Are you saying you were a little warm as well? I hope everyone is happy. I oh, hope so too. Now I can't hear again. Uh, probably my elbow hit this, so it's 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 tough. Yep. No. Yep. Is nope. that it? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Not yet. No. I'm only hearing it in my life. Dory refuses to get a fucking pair of headphones and it's killing me inside. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Great. We have the, she's using my Bose headphones that have a microphone. So it's yeah, this like, is, this is also the first, just trying to, this is the first time that Matt has said, I want you to get a pair of headphones until now he has said, Oh, you can just use the headphones I used to go to sleep as though it was no problem. Now all of a sudden it's a problem. Well, it's a problem when it affects the show. Hmm. Well, why didn't you mention that earlier? I only worry about the eggheads at home. Never about myself. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so I know we just gave a lot of updates, but I actually have one more update. About what? About insurance. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I finally got the updated explanation of benefits. Uh Uh-huh. And they covered an additional $2,000. On top of the $2,000. Correct. So $4,000 total dollars. $4,000 total dollars. I I would describe that as making a dent, but it is not. Yeah, so the the way they justified only covering $2,000 more is they didn't cover everything. And then the things that they covered, they covered at the in-network negotiated rate, which is, like, very low. Right. And, uh, yeah, so they barely covered, like, anything. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but then like a few days ago before I got the updated explanation of benefits, I got this very interesting voicemail from someone at my insurance company. Hi, this is Libby. I'm calling from Empire Blue Cross. I'm calling to speak with Dory. I did just want to call and let you know, um, we did some review, um, on the, in vitro fertilization um, where you had said that you had called in in for uh, IVF. I didn't find any uh, anything in January um, in regards to IVF. Um, you can file a grievance um, if it's still within the time frame for the claims. Um, I don't have any... I, don't have any written down. I can't remember if there were claims, um, but you can always go ahead and give us a call back and we can look into that. I hope you have a great day. Bye. Okay. First of all, she sounds like that character on Orange is the New Black who, uh, I forget her name because I only watched like two seasons, but she's the one who, um, fraudulently orders things like from people's credit cards and, mm. and she has an imaginary boyfriend who she, I mean, he's real, but he's not really her boyfriend and she stalks him. Anyway, she sounds like him also kind of, her is kind of also kind of like Ty from clueless, Brittany Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got this voicemail and I was like, lady, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like there was no January in vitro. Well, listen, she forgot to write anything. And down. she was like, I don't have anything written down. Why did she call me back? <laughs> I don't know. It was very strange. And then I was like, you know what? If I call her back, it's going to be minimum half an hour on the phone. Yeah. Being put on hold, being transferred, being this, that, the other thing. And I was like, I'm just going to wait till I get this explanation of benefits, see what's what. And then if I still feel like something is amiss, I will call Libby back. But until then... Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what 
what to do <sighs> other than just keep working so we can pay for this. It's insane. Uh, Matt- tune in next week for Sidekick with Matt Meyer premiering Monday night on Alpha. Don't forget to subscribe to CBS All Access to watch After Trek. Tune into the Goldbergs Wednesday nights. On Tuesdays, you can download the latest episode of the James Bonding Podcast. Don't forget your Sunday episodes of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure and Star Trek The Next Conversation. Please support me. You know what the, you know what the funny thing is? Anytime you post like about, I don't know, like if you're busy or like a new episode of something or like just any of the myriad content things that you produce yeah there is always someone who comments where's Where's talk talk salad Salad? (laughs) it's insane where's talk salad it's like you know what it is it's like come to brazil it's the come to brazil of your instagram yeah well you know what you can't please everybody and you certainly can't please me so (laughs) i learned that a long time ago um yeah, I work a lot, guys. I work a lot. Matt basically works seven days a week around the clock. And, uh, you know, if I'm not on the phone with somebody from one of the shows or one of the jobs, I'm in an office dealing with one of the shows or one of the jobs. And it's uh, you'd think that it'd be good and, and, and this IVF would be paid for. But guess what? This IVF's very expensive. So anyway, long story short, I forgot to write it down is my new my new saying like Libby yes <laughs> um you know how I knew that I was like reaching a point of kind of like like oh I'm 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 stressed and like scattered yeah I like completely forgot about a couple meetings mm. with like outside people yeah like just, I guess I hadn't put them on my calendar, which is not like me, and then just forgot. Um, I was driving home so late last night from James Bonding that I was I almost started crying in the car. What? Because I'm so busy, and I knew you'd be asleep, and I knew that Bo would be asleep, and I'd left the house. I like started the day at seven thirty in the morning. And I was driving home at 11.30 at night. And it was just a fucking Tuesday. Or Wednesday. Whatever day of the week it was. I don't remember anymore. But it was uh, it was a little overwhelming. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is my life now. Yeah. Anyway, I have to say, it could be worse. I could be doing something I don't like doing. Yeah. And everything I'm doing, I, I enjoy when I'm there. Right. So, thrilled. Thrilled to work at the Goldbergs thrilled to do bonding with matt i love matt it's one of my favorite things to do love doing this podcast really enjoy doing star trek with andy because uh you know gives him an outlet and uh you know of course after trek is a dream and sidekick with matt myra is something i'm contractually obligated to do so here we are uh yeah my husband makes me feel like a slacker. Hard to do with you. You you work, so. I know, but you, you manage it. 
Do your friends like understand that I'm literally not around? I don't think they really grasp it. <laughs> I was like so happy that today was like, you know, Adam was kind enough to allow me to be with Dory today because of the transfer. So uh, I didn't have to go into the room today. And I was kind of like, oh, it's going to be a very easy day. And then I was like in Burbank for two hours driving over here to get Dory to go do the transfer. And I just was like, oh. This is not a day off. No. And I was like, we still have to do the podcast. Yep. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's all going to be worth it. I think it is. And I think this is a very finite period that you're going to be so busy. Yeah. Like after Trek and Sidekick are both going to end. Yes. And then you will... Like then, you know, there's that, there's an old Jewish proverb of the guy who thinks his house is too small. I feel like I've talked about this proverb before. He complains to like the village elder that his house is, I think it's the village elder. He complains that his house is too small. And so the, the guy is like, okay, um, take, take like two cows into your house. Take like, he keeps telling him to put more and more things in his house. Mm-hmm. The guy's like, what the hell? Like. My house is so small. Like, what are you doing? And then when all of them leave, he's like, oh, my house is so big. Okay. And I feel like that's kind of like what is going is going to happen with you. Like before you started Sidekick and after Trek, you were like, I'm so busy. I have like, I'm working and Every I have all these weekend. podcasts and my, my weekends are taken up by podcasts. And like, I think when you're done with after Trek and Sidekick, you're going to be like, oh my God, I have so much time back. Yeah. Well, I think I'm looking forward to, I don't know what I'm looking forward to. A happy wife and a happy life. Thanks. Who said that originally? Joe Judice? I don't know. Uh, well, it's on the, the, the Real Housewives of New Jersey. They were always saying, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, I don't think they they invented it. They don't? No. Oh. Sorry, yeah. honey. All right. Well, you are Italian. Partially. Yeah. They were all Italian. Yeah. <sighs> Time for some emails? Time for some emails. All right. This is from Jordan, who says, Hi, Matt, Dorian, and Bo. After listening to last week's email about going to pharmacists for advice on meds, it reminded me that while pharmacists can be great resources, they can also be insensitive because they don't know your actual medical history that led you to what whatever medicine you were prescribed. Mm-hmm. Case in point, I had a pretty intense labor with my daughter, and after eight weeks, I had a hemorrhage caused by retained placenta. Ew. Yes, that's a thing. After a night in the hospital for some testing, I was sent home with some misoprostol? Misoprostol? Miso, whatever. <laughs> to attempt to flush out the retained placenta. Misoprostol has multiple uses, including inducing labor, preparing the uterus for DNCs, but it's also an abortion pill. It's an abortion pill. The miso didn't work, and I continued to hemorrhage, so the decision was made to have me undergo a DNC to remove the retained placenta. A large prescription of pills was called into my pharmacy to prep me for the procedure, including heavy painkillers, anxiety pills, and another dose of miso. When I picked up the prescription, the guy behind the desk insisted I talk to the on-call pharmacist. When I spoke to her, she quietly leaned over to me and said, are you having an abortion? Oh, my God. 
This was horrifying to me because it was not the case. And I'd had a miscarriage prior to getting pregnant with my daughter. I didn't need a DNC at that point, but I immediately thought about how I would have felt if I'd been preparing for a DNC due to miscarriage. And a pharmacist was trying to talk me through how to prepare for an abortion. Obviously that is a use of the drug, but I feel like there was a more subtle way to handle the situation by the pharmacist simply asking, do you have any questions about the drugs? And if they actually needed more details, ask, can you give me some background on any procedures you may be having? That is a much better way to phrase mm-hmm. it. I hope that any listeners who have to go through a DNC have a more sympathetic and aware pharmacist. Love the podcast. Love Startup, a novel by Dory Shafrir. That's the only way I can say the title now. Yeah. Wishing you the best of luck with your upcoming transfer, Jordan. She's wished us luck for the thing that happened today. I know. Or is it he? No, it's a she. Okay. She is talking she, about Oh, my her. God, herself. She's, God, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Wow, everyone. Um. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, I guess everyone needs sensitivity training. Well, I think in your fields, particularly, you should have it. Yeah. And I think in a medical field like like pharmaceuticals, uh, it's probably a necessity and probably something that doesn't happen very often. So totally beware of of when you go having some people that might not be as sensitive as you'd like. I usually just say that's like your own pre-sensitivity training going into a pharmacist. <laughs> well, you know what is interesting? I I feel like the pharmacists at the fertility pharmacies are very sensitive. You think so? Yes. Yeah. Um or at least like generally more sensitive, but cuz you're usually paying straight cash. Well, I do remember one time when Dr. Ringler had me on estrogen pills because the patches weren't working. Yeah. And he had me taking like three a day or something. Like whatever dose he had me taking was like much higher than the normal dose. And the pharmacist was like, like asked to talk to me and was like, like asked me why I was basically like asked me why I was taking them. Yeah. Um, and I said for IVF and he, and he got like super flustered and like didn't really know how to respond and was like, oh, because it's like a really high dose. So I just wanted to make sure. Mm. I'm like, it wasn't insensitive exactly, but it definitely wasn't like coming from a place of understanding. Yeah. You know? I do, I guess. I mean, I've never been a pharmacist, but I rarely have actually picked up prescriptions. Yeah, because you don't go to the doctor. That's true. Yeah. My body is a temple. Of doom. I'm going to make that joke every time. Um, Okay. This is from Amber. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm one of the many listeners that doesn't have major fertility problems and I'm not trying to get pregnant. I've just got a soft spot for podcast couples and science. (laughs) Well, there you go. We hit both of those uh, (laughs) Venn diagram. Uh, I do have PCOS, which for the record, I've heard medical professionals pronounce both as an acronym PCOS and an initialism. All right. Okay. I'm not crazy. Um, I'm writing because I have the same unexplained panic attacks Matt experienced. Oh, really? I never realize I'm really stressed out until I start having them because I'm generally very type A and I like to keep myself super busy and I shelf overwhelming feelings so I can deal with them at some later time. Okay. Maybe that's what I do. Well, I think not to get totally sidetracked, but like, I think that was why I had really bad night terrors because I wasn't like dealing with my shit in my waking life. Mm. And my subconscious was like, hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You? I had one the other night. 
Was I here? Yeah. I was? Mm-hmm. Oh, when you got up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a really bad one. No. You got up out of bed and you needed the thing. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to go in here. And then I was like, and then I was like, I'm in the bathroom. Uh, I guess I'll pee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I go into the bathroom and I'm not totally awake. And then I'm in the bathroom and I wake up and I'm like, um. like, I remember my thought process was like, I should pee. So Matt doesn't think this is weird. <laughs> Even though he already thought it was weird. Yeah, I did. I did. But, you know, it's not any weirder than your normal weirdness of night terrors. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, once I start having panic attacks, I try to slow down and think about what's bothering me. It's usually something like not being appreciated for something I worked really hard on or feeling like I did a bad job on something I care about or guilt over letting someone down, even if logically I didn't. Mm-hmm. I generally am really concerned and comfortable with other people's feelings, but I don't reflect on my own feelings very often. So I think eventually my body just forces me to face them. Oh, yeah, I could see that. It might help to look into perfectly hidden depression. What? I think that is a book. Oh. Because she capitalized it. It explains a lot about those of us who don't have typical depression symptoms because we're just barreling through, filling our days with tons of tasks and taking care of others. Oh. What? Interesting. Who's that? That sounds very familiar. Finally, I enjoy Bo, but Dory was right. The licking is a (laughs) misophonia nightmare. (laughs) I understand, everyone. I'm sorry. Take care, and I'm rooting for you, Amber. Well, thank you, Amber. That was a very informative email. Helpful. Yeah. Maybe I'll read that book. I think you should. I do barrel through. Yeah. Really. And you are you are overly concerned with taking care of others. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to. It's not a good way to be as a host, you know, because I'm overly concerned about what the trolls are saying oh. and how to take care of them. But you you like de-escalated a lot of them this week. Oh, I mean, because they all were saying nothing. They were saying was crazy. It was like, yeah, yeah, no, I hear that, sure, and it. it Maybe they just need to be acknowledged. Yeah. Well, for sure, they just need to be acknowledged. These people with like 12 followers. The one guy that tweeted that said, I, this guy's an awful host. He looks like that pedophile uncle who's always looking at young girls. I literally replied to him and said, interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> so, Did he reply to that? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a week. Yeah. <sighs> two week wait two week wait all you gotta do is keep yourself busy honey that's all i tr- that's see I, I, I took the advice two week wait um i'm gonna play a voicemail okay and then after the voicemail we'll take our little ad break and all then right. more show Woo-hoo. hi matt and dory uh, my name is jess and i've been listening to your podcast pretty much since the beginning and i just First of all, wanted to thank you guys for all of the great work that you're doing, normalizing infertility for people and, and getting it out there, that this is a thing that so many of us face. Um, I was actually calling in response to um, the emailer on, I believe it's episode 51, who wanted to ask about whether it was normal to be so conflicted about IVF. And a little bit of background for our story is my husband and I tried to have babies for five years. Uh, we are diagnosed with um, unexplained infertility, and after five years in Clomid and IUIs, we just kind of decided that 
it just wasn't going to happen um, and are looking into adoption. We did think about IVF for a while. We met with doctors. We even went as far as applying for a grant to help us pay for it since we're both just um, local government workers uh, and our insurance does not cover it. And I just wanted to say, like, it is totally normal to be conflicted about that. Um, you know, we wanted a baby for so long and never pictured a life without one. And yet at the same time, that's just such a huge undertaking. And right. I, I, it, people don't always understand, you know, when we talk about adoption, we have had a lot of friends and family really say, like, but how can you give up on having, you know, a, a baby that's your own? But really at the same time, like, you have to make the best choice for you and, for us, we just felt like the fact that we were so conflicted about IVF probably meant that it wasn't the route that we were going to go, and we recognized that we were probably not in a headspace that was going to be healthy for it. Um, we believe pretty strongly in the connection between our minds and our bodies and just said, like, if we're this conflicted and this stressed out about it, that's probably not going to help the odds of, of this ever being successful. So don't ever feel guilty about the choices that you make um, you know, for your own fertility and, and good luck to you guys in the future. Thank you. That's very that is, succinct. That uh, is a very clearly I was gonna say, that was very level headed expressed email. Voice that was now. in a voice form. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's part of what I like about this podcast is that every time someone emails, there's always someone else who's on the other side of it. Totally. Um, and I, and I and I think it's very helpful for everybody, and it's interesting. And you know, if we, let's say this works, and we do get pregnant, and we do birth a child into the world, I think it's important to keep this sort of this podcast going for a while, anyway, to see you know, because there's this kind of thing out there where people yeah. are asking us questions, and and while we may not have the answers, we certainly have a platform that can get them answered. That's true. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that was very, that was probably one of the better voicemails we've gotten as far as clarity and the fact that she, um, if she'd had a claim number, she would have written it down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including 
the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. This one is written by Gene. Uh, Dear Dorian Matt, first, thank you very much for the show. I know... I've known for years that I'd be advised to do IVF if I wanted to be a parent because I have Lynch syndrome, a genetic condition that gives people a super high risk of certain kinds of cancer. However, it wasn't until I started listening to the podcast that I seriously started thinking about the details and logistics, and my husband and I are now in the early stages. Welcome. I'm saying welcome. Oh, welcome. Uh, We'll probably start our first cycle next month. I felt so much more prepared for everything in this truly crazy process because of what I've learned from being a podcast listener. Yay! If if we are nothing, we are real. (laughs) I realize this is a relatively lightweight issue, but if you have time in a future episode, I'd love to hear your views on something that has been weighing on my mind. When my husband and I went to give... Sorry, when my husband went to give his sample for his semen analysis the other week, he was shown the room that was well-stocked with a selection of well-worn pornography that was, by and large, very degrading to women. I would agree with that statement, by the way. Really? It's like brutal porn, usually. Really? Yeah, it's like Ass Blasters 7 and stuff. It's crazy. The most evocative title, perhaps, was Cum Shot Sluts. Oh, dear. I find this bizarre and annoying after all. For the most part, the heterosexual men who give samples there are doing it because they're in committed relationships with women they presumably love and respect. Agreed. Uh, So why is there an assumption that they'll be turned on by misogynistic content? Who makes these decisions? I don't know who stocks the porn rooms. This is a great question. Why can't they stock sample rooms with feminist porn? Well... I think you should just have a nice Wi-Fi password and bring an iPod. (laughs) That's what I think. Should I complain? Should I keep these thoughts to myself? I don't know that anyone's ever actually complained. I mean, I've complained. 
but on the podcast on the podcast if we're lucky enough to become parents when our child asks how babies are made should i say well darling first your father looked at cum shots luck <laughs> i welcome your views on the phenomenon with gratitude and respect everything you've crossed uh that your next transfer is successful. Uh, everything crossed that your next transfer is successful. That's from Jean. So I, when I read this email, my first thought was like, the vast majority of porn is very misogynistic. Mm, uh, well, I don't know. Not porn I watch. I, because I don't, you know. Oh, do you watch woke porn? I watch pretty woke porn. Hmm. You know, a lot of solo stuff. Okay. You know, not, not, I don't I'm really, I'm not into a... Not into a face fuckers or yeah, a, it's like a gang bang. No, oh god, no. Mm. Um, so I mean, it's out there for sure, and I suppose you can choose whatever you'd like to make the baby. <laughs> it is a whole. It's a very weird, and all the porn is. I would say all the porn in the um, in in the two or three pl- where the three places I've I've deposited um. You would say it's across the board. I would say I've I've not used any of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think it is a... So when I was there... I don't know. Who's in charge? When I was there last week, one of the times I was there last week, I think this was after we recorded the last podcast, I saw a woman go in the room with her male partner. Yeah, you can do that. I was like, whoa. Yeah. But you can't give a beach. Uh, no, because it's it, it would contaminate. I think. Yeah, uh, but I mean, listen. There's other ways around it, and uh, many people do that. Wait, many people? I do think that? some. I think some people. Have do. you ever seen that? I've heard about it. From who? Pokered people. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. That they go in and they they listen. Give... You're making a baby together. Why not make a baby together? Is that something you would enjoy? I don't think I, I'd be too. I'd be too Catholic for that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So All it's right. very interesting. That is very interesting. If anyone, if anyone works at a clinic and has any sort of insight into, or perhaps who, you have purchased the porn for a clinic, yeah, who selects the porn? Please. Hit us up. Hit us up. We would love an answer. And I think so would Gene. Now, this is from Rose. Okay. All right. This is Rose. I think Rose is getting deep here. So I'm going to put on the glasses and go to the paper. Uh, I'm a 32-year-old two-time leukemia survivor trying to have a second child. I was first diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia in 2011 when I was 25. Before starting treatment, An amazing nurse urged me to freeze my eggs. Wow. My oncologist recommended I do one egg retrieval because my disease was already so advanced. But I was able to put 15 eggs on ice. After six months of intensive chemotherapy, I was declared in remission. My boyfriend proposed. We got married and decided to explore our options of starting a family. Knowing that the chemo could have left me infertile, initial blood tests suggested... uh, It was very unlikely I would get pregnant naturally, but my OB recommended we try anyway. After about six months of calculated trying, tracking, ovulation, etc., I became pregnant with our son Gus, who is now two and a half. Uh Giving birth to him was the most amazing experience of our lives, and raising him was both incredibly challenging and incredibly joyful. Here, boys are hell. (laughs) Uh, 
Unfortunately, when Gus was just five months old, my cancer relapsed. Having a relapsed cancer with a tiny baby was devastating. But with the support of my husband and my family, I survived several more months of chemotherapy, radiation, and bone marrow transplant. That's intense, Rose. That is very intense. Despite all my health issues, we hoped I would still be able to use my frozen eggs to have a second baby. One year after my transplant, an oncologist very casually dropped another bombshell on us. I would never get pregnant again, as it could cause my cancer to return. Oh, no. Once again, I was devastated, but after mourning that loss, we eventually decided to try to find a surrogate to carry our biological child. We found a wonderful agency in Idaho. We live in Seattle, where it's illegal to pay for a surrogate, and were quickly matched with a warm, loving surrogate. We felt everything going well until yesterday. Our 15 eggs had been thawed, and 15 were fertilized. Because the eggs were from when I was 25, and because our fertility doctor called my husband's sperm amazing... Seriously, she tried to print out a copy of his labs for the, for the fridge. Don't mean to rub it in, man. We expect to get lost. lots of embryos for PGS testing. Yesterday, while I was working from home, I learned that only three of our embryos made it to blastocyst, and only three would be tested. This was heartbreaking. I had not imagined this would be a problem for us. It was one aspect of the incredibly long, complicated surrogacy journey I believed we had nailed down. Mm. I know that all three could be viable. It's true. And I'm grateful for the possibility. But I also know we might get less or none at all. I feel uh, I felt like getting punched in the stomach. I called my husband sobbing, and he tried to comfort me. But he had to go back to work. What's more, I still need to work that day. I still needed to work that day. I was sitting alone in my house, desperately feeling like I needed someone to talk to, someone... Uh, needed to talk to someone, but not knowing who could possibly understand. So, I turned to your Facebook group. After sharing my story, uh, encouraging comments began pouring in. Aww. It was honestly the only thing I could find comforting in that moment. Once I was done working, I started cleaning the house and bringing and binging on your podcast. And again, I was comforted. Aww. Listen, that Facebook group, good folks in there. Here are my questions. One. I feel that IVF and surrogacy, with IVF and surrogacy, there is so much out of our control. Like Dory, I'm a planner, so I struggle with this. Can you offer any tips on how to let go when there's so much at stake? Let's take them each as they come. You say take them each as they come? That's I'm not. Give, that's not my advice. Oh, oh, oh. That's my how we'll answer her questions. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's hard to fully let go. I mm-hmm. think also people like us when we like aggressively try to let go, we get like agitated that we haven't let go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. And so I have found that the things that calm me the most are things that are sort of like repetitive and mindless but also keep me focused like organizing yes cleaning off the dining room table which is now messy again all it took was one podcast and one copy of the new yorker um no but i made this like big list of things i wanted to do especially since matt was gonna be away yeah i was like Oh man, I'm like in a high, I'm a, I'm in a state of high anxiety. I better like 
figure some shit out that I can do to keep myself occupied. Right. Um, I started going through like the stuff in my desk that I hadn't touched for like years and years throughout a ton of shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know that kind of stuff I found calming. I actually, I didn't do it this past weekend, but I do find baking to be pretty calming because you really do. You have to like focus. Yeah. It's a measured, uh, it's all about the process yeah, of baking. Exactly. I'll tell you what did not calm me last yes, night go ahead. was watching the premiere of this is us. Why would that ever calm you? Did not find it calming. Like, you know, I watched most of last season and then I was sort of like, meh. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it another shot. And it's just like, I just couldn't, I, it, it, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a show about family and kids. And you know like, what you should be watching? Riverdale. Really? Yeah. Why? Some intense teen drama happening there. Mm. Was, I watched an episode and a half. You did? Yeah. With when? Mark and Chris. Oh, do they watch it? They do. Hmm, interesting. Niharika also watches it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think. Yes, I think she said yes. Interesting. So, I mean, there's a lot of intense high school struggles there that you might enjoy. Yeah. Well, Rose, I mean, I think that's that's the best thing you can try to do is to distract yourself, but not in a way that is like, I'm distracting myself right now. Yeah. Right. And if you tend to take a baking, I think your baked goods will travel well from uh, Seattle to Los Angeles. Uh, All right. (laughs) Assuming we were able to move forward with our surrogate, how do you think we could best support her in the process? I would love to hear from you and your listeners any ideas that can make this journey comfortable and joyful for her. Small gifts, mailed notes, spa day. Thank you for your suggestions. Spa day, prenatal massage? Spa days and prenatal massages. Flowers, too. Flowers. Women love flowers. Apparently. As we're all learning together. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's Like nice. a little care package. Yeah. Maybe some of those baked goods that you're going to oh, make. Oh. See where I'm going with wow. this? Wow. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for all you do. You're leaving a wonderful mark on the world. P.S. Finally ordered to start up a novel and we'll be leaving a review soon with a smiley face. So hopefully it's a good review, honey. I hope so. We all hope so. I'm going to play another voice. Okie dokie. Hi, Matt and Dory. I just wanted to say that I love the podcast. I think it's very sweet and very funny and I learn a lot from it. I just wanted to ask you guys if you have any waiting room etiquette tips. I feel like there's a lot of awkward encounters with other people in the waiting room while you wait for an appointment at a doctor's office, and I don't always know what to do, if I should be busy or I should make eye contact with people. It just gets uncomfortable. Sure. Do you have any anecdotes or advice for how to handle those situations? I would love to hear. Bye, you guys. Uh, the waiting rooms are, we're, we're fortunate at California Fertility Partners. The waiting room is pretty large. Yeah. Um, and you get, they, they're not usually like running too far behind. Like, I feel like you get called in like pretty yeah. quickly. Oh, it was funny. The nurse came out to get Matt and I stood up and someone else stood up and I saw him stand up and he was sitting with, with another fellow, another handsome fellow. Oh. So when we both stood up, I, I said, oh, which Matt? And then I looked at him and I said, looking for... 
the Matt that has a wife back there? And he's and she said, "Yep." And he's like, "Well, I'll sit down." <laughs> I was like, "I got gotcha. you." Uh, good one. So it's uh, the one day that there was a huge backup in the jerk off room. That was quite a day. We had a whole episode about that. Yeah. Um, go back and listen to that. Uh, but etiquette wise, I mean, bring something to read. Bring something to do. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I my heads, uh, both our heads are in our phones when we're in there. Yeah, I, I just stare at my phone. I don't yeah. want to make eye contact with anyone. Yeah. So I hope, hopefully, your waiting room has a decent Wi-Fi or or, or or cell signal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is from anonymous. I always loved kids, and I always believed I would become a mother one day. However, I never thought about it seriously until I was 30-something. To make a long story short, I'm now 36 and in a two-year relationship with an American man of my age. We both started the relationship with the idea that we wanted something serious leading to marriage and kids. Very happy in the relationship, and I think about here and now. Uh, if I think about here and now, rather. However, my boyfriend has no plans for the future, and due to the instability of his job, he just wants to float for the next four or five years right back right there buddy right there with you buddy wait what uh the floating is also connected to college you do not want to float don't i no i I think you hate floating i'd like to you would like to like to yeah i think that's actually more accurate uh the floating is also connected to college-like behavior including drinking partying and credit card debt all things that don't look like compatible don't look really compatible for a family this guy's speaking my language. Drinking and partying? And credit card debt. I love all of those things. Hmm. Uh, no, I don't do either of those things. Uh, I do really love him, and he's ama- has amazing qualities. He's smart, really attached to his family, funny and affectionate. And I would love him to stick around and to give him the time to float and then build a future. However, I'm well aware of my biological clock, and the idea of postponing marriage kids for years makes me sick. Now, this sounds crazy, but I have similar feelings to the ones of people who that cannot have a child in a non-medicated way. I react badly to pregnancy announcements, going to baby showers is a pain, etc. I'm asked this really well, and I try to be good uh, aunt for my boyfriend's nieces and nephews and my friend's kids. However, seeing how much kids love me and how good I objectively am with them gives me a terrible pain. I feel it is similar to... I'm sorry. I feel it is unfair that I am in this position because I think I'd be a good mom. My boyfriend knows about this, and after long talks, he promised to let me know if he'll let me know something. I'm terrified because I don't know if I leave him. My possibilities to have a family are almost done. Yeah, we all know that lucky lady that got married and pregnant at 40. In the real world, being 37 and single is not a good position to be in. Do you have anything to say to that, honey? Well, I met you when I was 36. Okie dokie. Uh, sometimes I think I'll be okay with him. We can do IVF, etc. if need be. But part of me feels betrayed because he knew from the beginning uh, my goals. And he, quote, tricked me and made me waste two years. Move, uh, move for him and even apply for a green card for my scientific merits instead of marrying me. So you're not... She is, she's not American. American. She's not American. Not. He wouldn't marry her, so she had to apply for a green card on her merits. Yeah, and good thing you did it two years ago. Uh, I am <laughs> proud to have a green card for my merits because I'm not because not and not because I married him. But part of me still feels like if he cared, 
He could spare me six months of working at night to gather all the paperwork. Oh, that is a lot of paperwork for a green card. Apologize for a long email, but feel that getting it out is therapeutic, even if we'll not receive any advice. Your podcast is helping a lot. At least I am preparing for a possible future. Uh, freeze your eggs. That's good advice. I would say freeze them now. You're 36 years old. It's not too late. Not too late. Uh, you probably have very viable uh, eggs at this point. And I would uh, take a real hard look at this relationship. Yep. Very hard look. Take a very hard look. The way you're talking about this relationship does not sound to me as though he is as invested as you are in the relationship. Yes. And because of that, I think that it is maybe not a relationship worth being invested in much longer. I, I agree with all of that. Yeah. However, freeze your eggs. Have the ace in the hole. Yep. And. You know, and you can talk about it with him, but don't yeah. let him talk you out of freezing your eggs. Yeah. And then when you do meet someone or he comes around, which I, from reading this, find unlikely, um, you'll be ready. You'll yep. have your eggs. Good yep. to go. Yep. Honey, I think that's great advice. I didn't even think about that. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's weird that you didn't think about that. What was your advice going to you be? You know, I was just so fixated on on her deadbeat boyfriend. Oh, no. I'm, t- I'm thinking about her. Yeah. Let's not, let's not worry about him right now. Okay. Let's you're worry right. about her. All right. You're right. So, Anonymous, that's my answer to you. Here comes another email from Anonymous. Not the same Anonymous, though. I don't think so. No, it's not. But you never know. These people well, are Anonymous. No, I know because I put together the show. Yeah. My finance... My finance and I, my fiance and I have been together for four years and just got engaged on Easter. Yay us. He is the love of my life and definitely my favorite human, no doubt. We're about, we about two years ago stopped really trying to prevent pregnancy. I did track my cycles, but we still weren't getting pregnant. I was not super concerned considering that we weren't married and our parents were very religious. Uh, in about October of 2015, I started to have unusual cycles. I'm 33. I've never had unusual cycles in my life. I was a little concerned. But I thought in the middle of changing a new job and had to wait for my new insurance to kick in. So I decided to put it off and chalk it up to a one-off. Maybe it wouldn't happen again. I think it may have been in the beginning of October, in the beginning of 2016, that I noticed that I may have a yeast infection and treated it with OTC meds. It's over the counter, honey. It's all yeah, a little... familiar. I wasn't until I read that and put it together in my <laughs> head. It's all a little blurry now because the reality of the situation is that I just wasn't thinking of any of these things were serious or related. I just thought maybe since I was getting a little older that my cycles were getting weird and occasionally after being intimate with your partner, a little bladder infection, yeast infection might happen. Well, nearing the end of 2016, I was beginning to have what felt like cramps, semi-sharpish pains in the lower left quadrant of my abdomen. I work in surgery, so knowing that my appendix was in the lower right quadrant, I again brushed it off uh, as a one-off. And that... Maybe I was having intestinal issues. It would return from time to time, but not for long. Usually with a couple of ibuprofen, I'd be back in action. Then on Christmas morning, 2016, was the day everything came crashing down. During the day, we had gone to spend Christmas at my parents' house, and the entire time I was there, I laid on the couch. My fiancé kept asking me if there was anything he could do, if uh, he thought I should go to the hospital, 
But while I was in pain that morning, I didn't feel like it warranted a hospital visit. That evening, I couldn't stand the pain, and instead of waking my fiancé, I decided to take a hot bath to ease the pain. I've had horrible cramps for years, but this is one of the techniques I do to help ease the cramping. It was then that he got up to find me crying in the bath. Finally, he convinced me I should go. While we were there, they gave me a CAT scan. This is when I also found out I was allergic to high-contrast dye. The diagnosis was that I had hydrosalpnics. Salpinks? Sure. Which is a fluid-filled fallopian tube. Oh, dear. Although the ER doctor had assured me that there was really nothing to worry about and that it could be treated, I would need to follow up my OBGYN immediately. Stupidly thinking that everything was going to be okay, I went to the OBG appointment all by myself. Oh, no. Because I'm super tough and I was going to get treated and move on with our life. Right? Wrong. My OBGYN walked in with a super somber look on his face and immediately my heart started to pound in my chest. He looked over to me and explained that I had a case of bacterial vaginosis that had gone untreated and the infection had spread all the way to my fallopian tubes and had damaged them beyond repair. And he would have to remove them and that not only that, but I had a massive fibroid. Uh that had that would have to be removed as well during soldier, surgery. I couldn't believe the words coming out of his mouth. Like, holy fuck, I can't have kids. Is this really happening? Immediately called my fiance when I left and explained to him what had happened. I could tell he was sad, but he didn't let me know at all. He said, so what? Now we have science, babies. I fucking love science. He is a soil physicist, so I knew he wasn't lying about the loving science part. And when I got home... He set me all up to blow up alien heads in the Doom reboot on Xbox. It's the way people relax, honey. I do it, too. I get it. Uh, That's real love right there. Forgot to mention this, but on the way home from the doctor that day, I just so happened to be listening to Hostful Nerdist, uh, Hostful on the Nerdist, and Matt mentioned that you guys were dealing with infertility, too, and you honestly both have been such a comfort to me and my partner as we are nearing our first cycle we are both eggheads we'll get your egghead t-shirts now uh surgery went well and i'm beyond fully recovered now just a few scars to show i just wanted to write in to let the listeners know they should listen to their bodies and go to the doctor if you feel weird go to the doctor if you feel weird with all that being said i would like to say that we love you guys and we appreciate what you're doing for the huge community of us out there who are experiencing infertility want to wish you both all the luck with the science baby making process and as all my girlfriends always say chin up tits out oh i like that yeah i bet you do uh (laughs) we have another email from wait we're not even gonna gonna unpack her email i'm sorry i didn't mean to not unpack her wow i'm sorry anonymous you gave us chin up tits out i just got so (laughs) flustered Um, I mean, we've said this, like, yeah, if, if, if something feels weird, go to the doctor. It is really, I mean, we've given that advice to people on the, on the, that have written in feeling weird. Yeah. We're just like, go, go to the, go. Or go people being like, I've always had irregular periods. Yes. It's another big red That's flag. That's a big red flag. And you know, what's the worst that happens? Assuming you have insurance, you waste a you know, afternoon and the doctor's there to tell you it's okay. Totally. 
And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a very intense story though. It really is. Because I think I had like bacterial vaginosis is usually like pretty easily treated with antibiotics. Um, But you can't get those over the counter. No, you can't. It's probably a good thing too, because we'd have super bugs everywhere. Yeah, we we, we would. I've been, I, you know, they they make you take antibiotics for the five days um, leading up to your transfer. So I hope I don't get a yeast infection. I hope you don't too. Yeah. How are you feeling? Feeling all right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel different yet. <laughs> um. Thank you for sharing that, Anonymous. Uh, this is from Joy in California. Hi, Dory and Matt. I've been listening to the podcast since the first few episodes and really appreciate you sharing your IVF journey. I wish this was available 18 years ago. My husband and I started our infertility adventure. Whoa. I'm writing because my daughter and I are planning a Boston getaway. What do you suggest we do if we have two days to visit the area? We plan our visit near the end of October, possibly a Sunday, Monday. Thank you and keep up the good work, Joy from California. Well, I'm a sucker for presidential libraries, so you might want to hit up the JFK library. Oh, interesting. I've never been there. Me either. <laughs> but it's there. And honestly, if I had if I had two days, I would I would do it. But it's all the way at like UMass Boston, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's in Dorchester, right? Yeah. It's deep. But like, it's, it's train it's she accessible. It's accessible by the train. All right. If you're not into presidential libraries, then don't. First of all, what I was going to say is that is a great time to go to Boston. The weather's going to be great. You're going to be. The trees are going to be orange. Full of pumpkin spice everywhere you go. Pumpkin spice everywhere. There's going to be pumpkin patches. There's going to be. It's a great time of year to be at Faneuil Hall. Um, I recommend getting some warm chocolate chip cookies from the chip yard while you're at faneuil hall and perhaps a hot cocoa and then i suggest you just walk about and enjoy the fall weather there's gonna be a guy out there playing a pan flute the other end there's gonna be a guy doing magic for a somewhat interested audience uh head over to newberry comics take a look at the comic books uh it's gonna be late october so you know Knock on wood, they're still playing games at Fenway. It'd probably be a World Series game by then, so yeah, that's probably out of the question. Can I make a a, a touristy suggestion? Yeah. A very touristy suggestion? Yeah. I actually think the duck tours are great. I've done duck tours four times. They're really great. I highly recommend a duck tour. They leave from the Prudential Center, and they leave from the Museum of Science. They're very fun, very informative. They are great. They, and I would also... There's some great... There's some great bars in the back bay. Um... Fuck it. Go to Cheers. Well, we don't know how... Oh, if she was dealing with infertility 18 years ago, her daughter is probably a teenager. Go to Cheers and get some food. Yeah. You could go to Cheers and get some food. Also, then you can walk around Beacon Hill, which is just adorable. Oh, and also, because it's October, you're going to have your share of haunted tours of the Freedom Trail. <laughs> uh, is that a thing? Yes. Learn about the Boston Massacre. Learn about the Boston Tea Party. Enjoy the Freedom Trail. Head through the oldest public garden in the country, Boston <laughs> Common. Um, it's really... You know, my cousin does... I um, love it. ...does Boston by foot tours. She leads them. That's true. You don't know that. You don't know That's her. That's true. <laughs> but um, you could do a Boston by foot tour. They seem great. Um, 
I would also say go to Anna's Taqueria, get yourself a super carnitas. Your brother informed me they now have a super quesadilla. Oh. That he has switched off of his burrito whoa, to a quesadilla. Whoa. So, yeah. Wow. I wonder when Sam's first trip to Anna's is going to be. And then, uh, you know, the other thing you could do is head to beautiful Coolidge Corner in Brookline, Massachusetts. <laughs> One of my favorite haunting grounds, stopping grounds, haunting yeah. grounds. <laughs> it's going to be October, so it's spooky. Um, I mean, like, Coolidge Corner is cute, but there's not it's like... It's cute. It's not really touristy. Not, yeah. If you want to see an independent do. movie, go ahead. Uh, Washington Square Tavern. It's great there. I drank a lot there in college. Public House across the street from the Washington Square Tavern. Also great. Drank a lot there in college. I actually do think the Freedom Trail is a is a good tourist thing to oh, do. Oh, it's great. You can see old Ironsides, the oldest commissioned warship in the world. You can go to the top of the John Hancock building, too. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details you no you, you can't, can't since 9 11 oh it hasn't been able it hasn't been open in 17 years no <laughs> that was a fun thing we it used was. to do in it elementary was. school sure yeah it was great uh but you can go to the top of the prue and eat oh yeah yeah they have an observation deck up there the prue is the prudential building um God, there's so much to do. I'm just excited for you, and I wish we could go. Thank you, Joy. Um, I'm going to play voicemail. Okay. Okay. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Melanie. Um, I called you guys a few months back, I think in uh, April or May, um, because I had had, um, what, three miscarriages total, but two following IVF that... um, I lost, like, right at the same point in the pregnancy. Um, And I was wondering if you'd heard of anyone who'd done ERA testing um, because of that. So, um, but before I get to that, I have a couple comments about the estrogen patches for you, Dory. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to get an insurance override on the quantity of estrogen patches, um, but I couldn't end up using mine because I had a severe allergic reaction to them. Um, so my doctor had me switch to estradiol pills, which are much cheaper and you can just get at Walgreens. Um, but he wanted me to insert them in the strike zone and I ended up getting yeast infections from that. So, and also lots of blue, uh, stains on my underwear, um, because the pills are blue. And so he said to, uh, take them orally and that sublingually helps with absorption, and I've never had a problem with my estrogen levels. Um, so anyway, I don't know why they ask us to do things the hard way when it, there's an easy way available, but maybe it makes a difference in some cases. Um, but back to the ERA thing, I did do the ERA through iGenomics, um, and uh, did that in May, 
and it actually came back 12 hours pre-receptive, um, which, you know, I think was a bit of a surprise to my doctor, uh, who was really under the impression that only failed transfers were related to a timing issue. It was only a second opinion doctor that suggested I do the ERA. So I think this is still a pretty early thing. Um, we did the transfer in August. We added the extra 12 hours of progesterone, which meant uh-huh. I started my shots in the morning instead of at night. So I had a full five days worth of progesterone in my system before the transfer or at the time of the transfer. And now I'm nine weeks pregnant. So, oh um, you know, it's still early. Anything could happen. But I think at this point, if something happened, it wouldn't be related to the timing. So um, I hope my experience can help someone else. Um Thanks again for all that you guys do, and I'll really be pulling for you um, in October. And good luck. Bye. That's a wonderful That's a great story. follow-up. Yeah, thank you, Melanie. We like positive follow-ups here on the podcast. If you have a positive follow-up, feel free to email us at mattanddory at gmail.com or doriamatt at gmail.com. You could also leave a voicemail like Melanie just did. 413-461-BABY. And tell us. Hopefully good news. <laughs> If you have bad news, you can call bad us, too. Bad news is okay, too. We take it. We're here for you. Yep. We only do this podcast for one reason and one reason only, and that is for everybody who listens so that they have somewhere to go to deal with the bullshit that we couldn't deal with. So we made a podcast. It's from Jennifer. You hey, said that really funny. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> hey, Matt and Dory, just listened to episode 50 and wanted to send you a link about building up your disaster prep over time. Ooh, makes it less daunting and you can spend spread out the costs. I had a small shelter-in-place kit when I lived in L.A. before and after the Northridge Crake. I moved back to the Bay Area a few years later and didn't make a new one until after Katrina. Like Matt said, you need a go bag and the home supplies. TJ Maxx is great for weird travel gadgets. It is true. TJ Maxx is good for oh, weird travel gadgets. So is a Marshall's. All right. Sometimes a raw stress for less. Okay. Uh, I changed mine up when I realized that if you might be living out of a Red Cross shelter or another place that isn't your home, but you're still are going to work, you may need clothes and shoes that are office appropriate. That is an interesting point. I mean, yeah. Luckily, I work in a writer's room where literally anything is <laughs> office appropriate. Also, since earthquakes happen year round, include clothes for all seasons or layers. For the home supplies, I only included food that I actually would want to eat. The stores are closed or unstocked, then you may be on your own for a few days. May as well not keep crap you really wouldn't eat. I wish we had a thousand cans of Chef Boyardee beef raviolis. We can get that. That's my jam. I haven't had it in probably 10 years. How would we cook it? I've eaten it out of the can. Oh, okay. Not even cooked. All right. But we could get a camping stove. Okay. And we have a propane tank. We have two. I always have two tanks. Yeah. That's true. Anyway. Uh, crap you'd want to eat. Just for fun, I included a deck of cards uh, with photos from the 1906 San Francisco earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for the rambling, a la Steve Martin, podcast vibe, count me in. The East Coast ones have their place, are more informational, concise shows, but the West Coast pods are like hanging out with friends. I have followed Matt from Nerdist 
through brief interludes with Mosier, Smith, Gilmore Guys, and Nokia. <laughs> Nokia. Wow. She's have, a she's a true Myra fan. She's a true Myra knight. <laughs> uh, have also listened to Rerun, Dory's podcast Rerun. Oh. I can handle bad audio. I will listen to most anything if the hosts are relatable and audience and honest. Sometimes... Uh, some of the times I've laughed the loudest are when Matt and Jonah were joking around or improv singing with Chris. Thanks for all the podcasts. Good luck on your IVF journey. Think of EQ prep as an excuse to plan, organize, and shop. Please take care, Jennifer. I love disaster prep. She sure does, everybody. That was actually, now that I think about it, I think that was one of my stress relief. It sure was. I'm looking at it right things. now. We have masks. Do you like the list that I put on the top? Yeah. So we know what's in the box. Tells us the contents. Yep. We really got to bolt these. We have to anchor bookshelves. Bookshelves. I also. Dory has massive eight foot bookshelves. That are not anchored. No. This one's anchored. Yes. Um, Yeah. We got to get anchors. We got to get earthquake putty. What's earthquake putty? It's like I would put it under like the pictures in my office so they wouldn't fall. I never heard of it. Oh, Rebecca texted it to me the other day. Oh, wow. Um, or like anything fragile that we have, you know? Um, Amazon confirmation. I've ordered Dory's headphones. <laughs> so thank you to the supporters of the podcast for helping <laughs> us get the equipment we need to make this podcast. Great. Uh, uh that just about does it. It's time for some names. We've got to cram out the last of the September names early in October. Yep. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Here are some names. All right. Tyler Rosewood. Tyler is pitching a new business to Shark Tank this year called Sneepers. They're sneakers you sleep in. Oh. <laughs> J- you know what he'll do? He'll pour out a bunch of Legos. He'll go, sharks, has this ever happened to you? And someone will pretend to step on Legos and go, ow, ow, ow. You know, that reminds me, you're supposed to keep a pair of sturdy shoes under your bed in case there's broken glass and you can't get to your shoes. Oh, done. Can do that easily. Okay, great. Uh, go ahead. J- I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, I mean, it looks like Jesui. Jesui Alexis Manzo. Uh, Jasui has an obsession with traffic cones, collecting cones from around the world. Elizabeth Mat- Matika. Uh, Elizabeth sleeps in a sleeping bag on her bed in an effort to be as close to a kangaroo as possible. <laughs> Carissa Jackson. Uh, Carissa has established herself as the country's greatest armchair detective, solving every episode of Cold Case Files in the first five minutes. Laura Craycraft. Laura is obsessed with WD-40. She keeps a can in her purse in case any hinges squeak. Andrew Steinley. Andrew once fought three grizzly bears on a hiking trip. His record is two and one. And Jordan Hammersley. Uh, Jordan has spent the last year unsuccessfully trying to get the crying Jordan Hammersley meme going. How's that going? Not well. Michael Jordan's crying face has won out so far. I get it. Uh, well, that's the show, everyone. That's it. We did another podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for more podcast. <laughs> yep. Z. More podcasts. So many podcasts. We're doing it. Bye. Bye. Bye.